good. All right, we're recording. Yeah, so stop. don't say anything bad about your family. Ian. I know you love your family. You're a family man. It's heavy whole podcast. I'm <laughs> Big Will, aka Uncle Buck. Uh, un- Uncle Will, actually, in real in real life, as we were just talking to somebody. Uh, Ian Conies, my loyal co-host. Welcome back to the program. How are you, sir? Doing well. Thank you very much for having me. As always, happy to be here. It's been. I feel like I spoke with you last, like about a month ago now. Yeah, we we, we recorded. Um, we did the uh, um, Michael Malarkey uh, intro and outro as a crew with Justin and Tom. And then we did a really loose Patreon episode that's going to come back to haunt me when I run for office one day. That's <laughs> Yeah, loose as hell. Loose as can be, for sure. Yeah, right, yeah. I'm going to run for the office of um, uh, uh, Hunting, Huntington um, Highway Department. Actually, that's probably the most controversial. There's a lot of weird shit in Huntington, but we won't get into that. Man. <laughs> um, weird shit in Huntington, though. Uh, Ian, we were just talking behind the scenes, man. I, I know you're a family man. I don't want to divulge too much of your, uh, your, your private life, but I know the summer's hard on the parents out there. We got a lot of listeners with kids. The kids are out of school, man. The summer gets a little drastic, huh? Yeah, so summer is like a living hell for sure. I'll I'll air it out. I don't give a shit. They don't listen. So um yeah, no, I was just saying right before this, I have like my oldest is like gonna be nine. I have a, a five year old. Those are the two boys, and then I have my daughter who's like three. So the two boys in the summer, it's like bananas. They're just like off the fucking walls all day long. I'm working from home most of the time. I have an option to go into my office, but uh also like camps and shit are so fucking expensive i don't i don't even think that's unique to long island it's just like crazy expensive to send your kids to camp so we did that kind of shit last summer we had other stuff figured out for this year and just trying to be a little bit more conscious of the pocketbook um they're at home more often than not right now so okay all right i'm sure a lot some of the listeners are going through that right now some of the younger listeners were on the other end of that just a few years ago metal metal is crazy nowadays man it's all in um, what have you gotten a chance to go to any shows despite all the all this uh, um Mr. Mommy Madness? So it's funny. Uh like I'll I'll start with what's upcoming that I'm gonna miss. I had bought tickets to I, I don't even know where it was gonna be, somewhere in maybe Brooklyn or a borough, but um Toxic Holocaust and like Havoc coming up in like this coming weekend. Then found out my wife is like, dude, that's my sister's wedding. Like, what are what are you doing? And I was like, Oh yeah, no, I'm not going to that. And it's funny, you were talking about like the difference in like ages now. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to reach out. I'm trying to give the tickets away. I hit up, like, our me and Tom and Justin's buddy, Ray. And I was like, do you want these, dude? He was like, my band's playing that night. I can't. And, like, Tom, I was just going to give them to Tom. But Tom went ahead and and stepped out for milk and never came back. So yeah, so I'm at a loss right now. Like, I'm not even trying to get money. I'm just like, hey, who wants free tickets? Because they're just going to die in my dice app at this point. So what are the dates for the show it's like august 5th i want to say it's either the 4th or the 5th it's this coming sat i mean when we're recording this it's this coming saturday so um yeah i'm just trying to get rid of but like other than that i i think i'm trying to think other shows i've been to when we spoke last i don't think i'd been yet or maybe i had to like paul bear and yob um some more of like uh uh you know like a doom show in the city that that was good that was a good show um and then edibles go down good at that show i'm sure yeah 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 for sure and then uh the other one i'm beating myself up over actually man is uh the afterbirth show that i think i don't think i'm messing this up you guys just played right in uh at st vitus recently yeah within the last two weeks we have not discussed that at all on the podcast yet i'm glad you brought that up i'm I'm being facetious because the listeners know that i've been beating it (laughs) great experience yeah afterbirth had the um the privilege and the opportunity to open up for stabbing by way of Texas and defeated Sandy by way of Germany at the St. Vitus bar 
Uh, it all went down about um, a little over a week ago. I'm still, my my hands are still shaking. I'm, I'm still, my voice is still recovering from this monumentous occasion, man. It was a beautiful experience. Shout out to uh, former guest of the show, Lily from um, Defeated Sandy. People can go back and check out that episode. We did a whole, whole did everything in the whole history of the band and, and went back with him. Great guy. Um, a lot of other past guests of the show. Han, uh, um, Hank Steamer was there, man. A lot of past guests of the show and friends of the show were there. Um, yeah, that, that, that was great, man. And, uh, we talked about Cenotaph from Turkey was just in town. Unfortunately, I missed that one. Uh, I got a lot going on on the family front, on the personal front, on the music front, like people know, man. Um, but, but yeah, there's been a lot of cool shit. We're actually going to get into, uh, I'm going on tour with Reeking Aura, a band, which I, which I, uh, front with some of my friends and, um, we're going on tour with, uh, Atoll and Pyrexia and animals killing people. Um, by the time you're hearing this, we're going to be like halfway through the tour. Hopefully everything's going good out there. Will shout to Will on tour. Um, we're pre-recording this, but we're going to give you, uh, some, some shows coming up in the New York area. Uh, later on, we're going to do a rundown of that. We got recommendations coming, but first we're going to try something a little different. We haven't done this in a while. We have done it on Patreon a lot. If you like this sort of thing, but we're going to break it down for you right now. Cause now um, my co-anchor Ian is going to join me as we review some of the top uh, news stories, heavy hitting journalism right here on the heavy hole podcast newsroom. I've prepared a few, uh, if the, the listeners don't know, but Ian can, can tell right now I'm like shaking my papers and stacking, you know, I'm like getting them straightened out on the desk. Like a news anchor does, man, we're sweeping in. I got a guy coming in here. He's powdering my face. Cause I'm extremely sweaty on my big egg, like forehead. Um, it looks, uh, it looks good. It looks good. Thank you. Thank you. I thank you. He's, he's, he's used to saying that to his kids about like the painting. <laughs> All right. All kidding aside. Uh, I got a couple of stories here. I got a couple of headlines. As I told Ian, I didn't really share these with him because I wanted to get his reaction and riff off of them. He's going to be hearing them at the same time the listener does. If the listener isn't familiar with some of these stories, some of them are a little bit bigger and you've probably seen them already. Already, A few of them, I feel like we might've gotten the heavy hole. Well, not the scoop because they're already out there on some of these websites, but um, you may we may be bringing it to you first here. So the first one I'm going to get into, Ian, we just talked about the kids are out of school. We talked about heavy metal. You're a heavy metal dad. There's a lot of them out there heavy metal dads and moms and uncles listening to the podcast um and heavy metal kids people in college people in high school whatever it's all good there's an article i'm getting this off of metal injection um there's an article on metal injection regarding a new survey taken by the college rover uh the survey asked 1025 students age 18 to 23 about their study soundtracks and found that students who listen to metal while studying are the least likely to have a high GPA. <laughs> Only 37% of students who listen to metal whole studying had high GPAs whilst uh, that's a was that's a typo metal injection. Metal while studying had had high GPAs. Uh the rest not so much. Um, right off the bat, before we go any further, uh, any reactions? Ian? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this from from a defensive angle, I think. So I uh, I work in, I don't know if I said this before, I work in uh, marketing on the agency side. So a lot of my day on paid media is like talking to data anal analysts and working through analytics on performance media metrics on my side. So with kicking it off that way, I feel like there's a lot of noise in the space on a survey of like a thousand people. Like if you're talking like roughly a thousand to like 2000 people and you're trying to make an inference on why GPAs are low. I, I feel like the factor of the, the music that they're listening to is like 
uh, a small dot on the map. That's that's just my initial take. And then also, like in a way, I love that because part of me is like, yeah, metal is such an engaging music. You, you're taking active listening to it while while studying, I guess. And yeah, fuck it. The the book learning might might come secondary to that. And I'm okay with that. I I went to college. I gained little to nothing from it. I feel like it didn't really help me in my career path at all. So I'm good with it. I uh, keep keep shredding away. Fuck 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 college. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I I get the defensive angle. I see it. My thing is, yeah, what I don't like is the statistics alone. The 1,025 students age 18 to 23. 1,025 is not a really big pool of students, especially if you're looking for people who people's music interests. Um, and 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 metalheads are so so varied. There's a lot of metalhead. There's like a whole there's a whole class of um uh I say this because I'm I'm part of that class, blue collar metalheads who don't go to school between 18, 18 and 23, uh, for the for starters. Um, and then I don't know, there's just I don't want to get into this too much because then I'm going to wax poetic uh, and get nostalgic about my old life. But some people come into their own a little bit later in life, especially some of us who are drawn to the more fantastical uh, medias uh, and and subcultures. Um, but there's, it takes all types, man. Uh, it's it's now something I did want to um, uh, get get back to here. A couple of a couple of more points that might bring on a little discussion. How and later on in the article, this is off metal injection, by the way. However, not all tunes are helpful for zoning in. Students said hip hop and rap, heavy metal, and pop were the most distracting genres to listen to while studying. This is contradicted later, though. For, pay attention. For optimal study sessions, students recommend classical, instrumental, and lo-fi music. That lo-fi anime um YouTube page. It's I'm gonna say this, it's not bad. I I, I know of. I haven't uh been myself so i i'm not knowledgeable too much but um yeah i don't know i think you know i think it's a bit too vast for that i mean like uh you know hey we were just talking about like uh like a band like pole bear or something like that i feel like the idea of heavy or extreme metal i mean throw on a fucking bell witch album and you're gonna like forget you're listening to music because it's like so just atmospheric and on in the background that you can be like oh i'm in the books my my concentration is solely on the you know, anthropology of European shitheads, 101, whatever you're taking in in Western college. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I like to think that there's pockets of metal that that isn't the case for. And I'm sure the same could be said for rap. I'm not like super keen into underground modern rap of right now. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a small sample size to look at like a thousand people. Where in the country was this again, Will? Um, it doesn't say, but this is referencing a survey from the college Rover. I admittedly did not read the whole survey. I read the metal. No, that's fair. Article. The survey asked 1,025 students, 18 to 23. So here's my other thing. You brought up a very interesting point. What about doom metal as compared to power violence to study? I mean, these could all conceivably be considered metal by a research article. You know what I'm saying? That covers people that listen to all genres of music. Like, what about people who listen to gore grind and brutal death metal compared to people who listen to crowbar and, um, uh, uh like you like you said, uh, Paul Bear. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I would be very interested to know how slow funeral doom and slow doom metal is effect on the study as opposed to the faster paced metal to begin with. Like, I want an uh, I want to study 
music study within metal, where it's across the subgenres of metal. Yeah, and you know what? This kind of goes counter to you had mentioned at the top of the show the that fast and loose like bonus episode that we did for the the Patreon about a month ago, and I think I said something there that that alluded to like you know metalheads over a segment you know there's so many subdivisions we have so many subgenres and we almost do that to clout your own knowledge like oh, i think this is more of a black and death instead of a death infused black like all the bullshit at the same time this is a great example to me of where it is meaningful like for somebody on the outside looking in they just have this blanket of like heavy metal or extreme metal show that person like i said like a bell witch song or album because it's interchangeable or show them you know, something, a gore grind band that's gone a thousand miles a minute and they're going to be like, this is the same genre. And that's why it's like, well, no, not really. Uh, you know, kind of have have an umbrella that's large, but it's got a lot of branches to that tree. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a good point, man. I mean, it's obviously a little bit flipped, but here's the thing. It said before that pop was a, was included with hip hop and metal in the most distracting music to listen to. The survey also points out that Taylor Swift is the top artist for students with high GPAs. Yeah. You, you know what? I'm, I'm going to ride into this. I think metalheads would be like, no, those fucking bimbos. They don't know. Dude, they seem the people in my life that I think would listen to Taylor Swift. They probably also be the people with high GPAs. I also think I'm coming from this at an angle of like, a high GPA means absolutely nothing to me as far as someone's ability to take in and absorb knowledge. Like I don't read those as the, as the same thing necessarily. So um, yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's hysterical. You know, it's also like going back to sample size, like what is the fucking sample size of the amount of people that listen to Taylor Swift versus the amount of people that are out here listening to, to uh, what we listen to, you know? Yeah, well, that's that's the thing that struck me as funny about it was like, all right, first of all, you're starting with a thousand twenty five people. That's yeah. not a lot of people to do a big statistical study about people's like specific music taste. And it's of college kids, 18 to 23. Like, How many? You're right. How many of those kids are listening to Taylor Swift as opposed to um, uh, uh, internal suffering? Um, yeah. And, and the new album is dropping soon. Listen to the two singles out now. I got to shout that. Out. Uh, go ahead. Nice. No, that was clean. That was an organic promo in there. I uh, so the other thing too that I really like is your blue the the blue collar element here a little bit. So I don't know if this is a factor, but this is more just like showing up the amount of noise in this study. Like the people that I know that are Taylor Swift fans are out here buying on the resale market five thousand dollar tickets to see her fucking shows. The people that I know that are going to metal shows are like shit. Uh, yeah, this one invite is 45. I kind of had like a clean break at the $30 mark this month and I can't cut that. And I think even in college, a lot of the people I went to school in, in New York, I went to Brooklyn college as part of the CUNY system. And like the people I knew that were of a like mind, listened to this kind of music or even adjacent music, hardcore and punk. Like a lot of us were working full-time while going to college, like being a part-time student, working full-time to put ourselves through it. I don't know if there's a direct correlation between the kind of music we listen to and that that environment of kind of like, you know, putting yourself through something, but there's something to be said too about like, yo, my head's elsewhere, man. I'm trying to do school. I'm trying to work full time and just make something happen. And I think a lot of these people are listening to Taylor Swift might just be getting something served on a silver platter. I don't know. I think there's a lot of assumption in that I'm being a dickhead, but no, well, well wait, wait, wait. Cause here's what something I was going to bring up, man. And I think you're kind of inferring the same thing is now here's where you now here's the other statistic we need. What percentage of Taylor Swift fans 
um, well, first of all, where, where we, we don't know, we didn't read the survey, so we don't know exactly what college or what area this is from. We don't know, you know, the, how, uh, the, you know, the economical class of this college or whatever you want to say, but how, how many Taylor Swift fans of the average who are, how many, all right, here, here it is. How many Taylor Swift fans age 18 to 23 enrolled in college, you know, like, like would have, a, like it would be rich kids probably, you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. I, I kind of get what you mean. Rich, not necessarily rich kids even too, but also like, I'm just picturing like, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to be, well, yeah, again, I'm not trying to be sexist against the dudes, but who's listening to, you know, the girls are probably listening to more Taylor Swift. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to assume. Sure. So it's like, it makes sense that like, it would just be a bunch of college age girls listening to Taylor Swift. Cause they're focused on their grades and their, you know, their, their, their parents are paying their way and they're doing, they're probably playing sports or doing whatever the fuck. Like they're not, dude, they're, they don't care about the demos. They don't, they don't care about, you know, which, which about, which about pyrexia and internal bleeding and suffocation forming the Bermuda triangle of long Island death metal. Like, they don't want to hear about that. I, you know, it's just like they, yeah, I could see they listen to pop music, you know? Yeah. No, I think that's, I don't know. I think that's nail on the head. And even for myself now, like I said, I work from home, man. Like there's times where I'm trying to listen intently to like an underground album that just dropped. And I'm doing work for, you know, I have, I have clients in like entertainment streaming that spend a shit ton of money and like in the past uh, government based clients in paid media that I work on where I'm trying to like rip through an album and I have to like go back and be like, oh, fuck, I feel like I stopped listening after track three because I was working and then I'm like, oh, let me re-listen to that. So uh, I think it's a testament to the music, man. It's like, yes, it, it's kind of true. We're active listeners. Uh we're smart people when it comes to what we're ingesting, I think, sonically. So, yeah, we're concentrated on it. But with that said, it's just too many ifs, ands, and buts that are thrown into this kind of a study. That that being said, um, I have admitted on the on the podcast before that in a, I am at um, I might be able to sue for this one day. Uh, <laughs> as a result of my workplace, I am exposed to the music to a lot of different pop music, a range of pop music um via radio stations and uh taylor swift is probably not the worst pop pop artist out there at the moment i'll just say that um uh, her team of uh, writers and producers and all that but here i got a fun one though coming up yeah, next. Yeah. uh in other news today the heavy hole newsroom breaking news um this one is going to be fun because i'm going to mispronounce everything it takes place in france um, heavy metal concert boss used funds to buy art and wine. We talk a lot about these big festivals, <laughs> big heavy metal festivals that, um, uh, I want to play before I die on the, on the podcast and that, uh, we'd love to go to, and there's a lot of good regional ones popping up. Um, Hellfest. You ever hear of that one? That's a pretty big one. Yes, I have. Yeah. That's the one where like Kiss and Aerosmith headline and like porno grind bands that you never heard of open up. And there's like... Yeah ages and it's ridiculous where is it is it in the same spot always um well or is this is this a tour no hellfest is not to be confused with the american hellfest which was like a hardcore fest from the early 2000s that's the, what i'm thinking the french hellfest uh yeah it's always been in france i, I would i it might come up in this article that um but it's always in a specific part of france i believe and it's known for being one of those huge european fests that books like big commercial 
um, headlining rock bands all the way down to all the extreme metal bands and everything in between. You can look it up. It's a big fest. Most of our listeners, especially in Europe, are probably familiar with it or have attended it. Let's get to the details. This is according to, and this is fun. Shout out to Tom Anderer. This is from the wine. This is from wine-searcher.com. Wine-searcher.com. Shout out to Tom Anderer all day. Um, the co-founder and director of one of the biggest heavy metal music festivals in Europe, Hellfest has been found guilty of illegally using company funds to buy works of art and wines. It was revealed last week. I hope the works of art are demos and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, like old, old gore grind demos and shit. I, I bet you not, though. Uh, ben Barbod was handed an eight-month suspended sentence in order to pay 20,000 in fines. I guess maybe that might be Frank's. 20,000 in fines after the court of La Roque-sur-Yon in the western French region of Vendée found he had used 300,000, I'm guessing Frank's. No, maybe that's euros, euros. Look at how old I am, bro. The younger listener's like, Frank, what is Frank? <laughs> Who's Frank? Oh, my Uncle Frank. Yeah, that's how old I am. I'm, uh, it's euros. I'm sorry, everybody. I had a, I had a senior moment. He had used 300,000 euros in company funds now fully reimbursed, now fully reimbursed, according to his lawyer. I'm trying to play devil's advocate because I still want to play Hellfest one day to purchase wine and works of art for his personal enjoyment. The works of art might have been him buying CDs to support the scene. You never know. Uh, the money was taken from the festival's $35 million, uh, million euro operating budget. All right. So he took 300,000 euros out of... Uh, um, 35 million euros. I mean, he, he could have done more damage. Yeah. I mean, that's surely a drop in the bucket at that point. Um, and that's wine, wine and art is technically an investment. I mean, you could, maybe he's investing if, you know, you, he could play, I'm, I don't know. He's probably, I'm not, I'm, I'm not an expert in French law, but, um, you know, he could be investing for the company. May I don't know. Um, oh boy. Barbot has been barred from presiding over an entity, over an entity. So not just the company over, and he can't even start a band for the next five years. He has stepped down from his post as president of the company behind Hellfest and has assumed a directorship role, uh, just like Vince McMahon, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's very similar to that, I believe. It is understood the unlawful purchases took place between 2015 and 2021. Oh, he was doing it. It's not just a, it's not just a one-time deal. Hellfest offices and Barbot's properties were searched by police in 2021. They found old metal stuff and seized it. The ruling was made back in April, but not made public until after the festival, which takes place in Clisson on the western coast, just southeast of Nantes. The evident the event ran from 15 to 18 June, and tickets controversially cost $329 for a four-day pass. All right, now I'm not on the side anymore. Yeah, yep. Um the festival is well known for its patronage of Muscadet. I, I'm going to say that Muscadet. Um, this is where we're getting into all the stuff I can't pronounce, but also answering your question conveniently enough about where this fest is. Clisson lies in the heart of Muscadet, Sevres, at Maine, and is even, I can't speak French, dude. Indeed, it has featured on these pages before when a regional newspaper, Quest France, uh, OS France, proclaimed that metalheads sank. 18,400 liters of the region's signature white at the 2019 festival. So metalheads are drinking a considerable amount of wine from the region in a similar way to Maryland Death Fest, um, bringing a lot of support to the surrounding delicatessens, liquor stores, and strip clubs. 
I like that. I like that. Was that also in the article? Like the correlation there? No, or did the, you just the, throw that in? That was that was off the top. That was me. Yeah. I was trying to speak American to everybody and give them the American equivalent of, yeah. of 18,400 liters of the region's signature white. I'm assuming wine, Tom Andrew. I wish Tom Andrew was could, could sit on our wine expert Tom Andrew is out tonight. Um, <laughs> All right, man. So that's that's about it, man. This is part of a bigger article of updates in the in the wine community. A lot. Of, I can't even read this next article, man. This is crazy. Um, but that's from wine-searcher.com. Uh, shout to Barbar. We wish him well. Um, holler at me, dog. <laughs> I'd like to open up for Aerosmith one day, too, just like everybody. <laughs> this next one you may have heard of, um, Ian. You know NPR? Yes. Radio, radio people. They, uh, they're, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting political here. Um, they, uh, I guess they, they, they had Guar over recently. Uh, Guar, Guar paid a visit over there, and um, let, let me. They have an art. They, they have, they have something out here where you can listen to, to Guar stop by NPR. Now, my the bigger context here is I've seen NPR. They have the tiny desk concerts. Have you seen that? Yes, I like those. They've been doing, um, I think they had Cypress Hill. They recently had uh, Juvenile, rapper Juvenile there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering, is this going to extend? Is the next thing, here's my prediction. The reason I bring this up, this is from the NPR site, npr.org, which all of our listeners are familiar with. Actually, which all of our listeners have a polarized opinion about one way or the other. Correct, yeah. Um, uh, but well, here you know, if you want to, if you want to check out that Guar thing, check it out, man. But here's my bigger thing: I think the tiny desk people are getting hipper and hipper, and more millennial and more millennial. And I think it's a matter of time. And maybe I'm wrong. If listeners, would correct me, or Ian, if you know about this, have, I, I, if, I think it's going to get death metal soon. I think they're going to. I, I could totally see that. I find it. Uh, I find it interesting when. Um... I, oh, this is a baseless assumption. If I'm being honest, it's just me bullshitting. But um, companies like NPR are doing something like this, or you know, if like Vice puts out like a YouTube 11 minute documentary about like we followed some death metal guy around his basement for a week, and this is what it was. Uh, I think sometimes it's more of like uh, they do it at first as like a carnival act almost. Like it's not like to really support the culture it's more to be like this is clickbaity and like a lot of people that are not part of it are going to click on it to be like what the fuck who, who are these animals that listen to metal you know and i want to see like what that looks like um i'm hopeful that a tiny desk series is not like that and it is genuinely just supporting the music because it is about the music um and if they start to lean further and further into this kind of stuff i think that's awesome because i do like when i see these kinds of youtube videos pop up on my feed, you know, like shit that I would be interested in. I, I usually find that the production's good on them. Usually it's like pretty good video work on it as well. And listening to metal, I like to be able to actually see like what each musician's doing when they're playing. So I like that kind of shit. The more I think about it though, the Tiny Death series, that might just be the one shot, right? Do they bounce around and show you a bunch of different angles or is it just like a one wide angle? I'll admit I've watched a few in the past. I haven't kept up with it recently. I'm not sure. Um, but what I'm thinking here's a fun game to play. I would, we you know what I like, what would fit perfectly in my opinion. Top the tiny death concert series or guts. Oh, I mean, a thousand percent. Like, all right, look, obviously, and I'm just want all of our, all of our listeners who all who are NPR fans, just get your sit down for this one. 
obviously blood incantation, but only with the, the keyboards and stuff. Okay. Uh, uh, absolutely. That's a better. All right. This might be too much. That that to me screams like of that's a vice. That's a twelve minute vice video of them being like death metal band, crazy death metal band, blood incantation, like turns to pianos. What's next? You know, like some shit like that. That is such that is such like a vice video to me. But um they do next. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I hear you though. I think that he would do uh actually actually I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If it was vice, it wouldn't be like what do they do? It would be like it would be like some some like kind of like like drawl like guy like some like kind of hipstery guy with like a knit hat and he'd be like I met up with Paul Riedel uh, from Blood Incantation. His usual death metal equipment wasn't there. He had something much different in mind today. <laughs> that's like, nail on the head, man. Right, oh, Jesus oh, Christ. Oh boy. But anyway, that, that's there. <laughs> that's there for everybody. What, what are you thinking, though? I want you to nominate somebody, uh, a band or two, for Tiny Death. For Tiny Death, ooh, I mean, I really think Borguts would fit beautifully there. I like that a lot. I'm trying to think because you know they're kind of cerebral, and I think if if he had a moment even after like doing a a Tiny Death set, he would love to like pop into a a post set interview. You know, like dude loves to to talk about metal, and he's quite learned in his personal life from what from what little I know. Um, Jesus, I'm trying to think. I think that if they did one, they would have to do something pretty timely too, right? Like Gorguts would be great because it could bring in an older crowd that's like, oh yeah, I love this, but it could perk up people that are like younger and hey, I've heard of them, but I don't really know them. Let me check this out. I'm trying to think what on the younger end, I mean, Blood Incantations, like a modern band that I'm assuming younger crowds are into, but I don't know. I'm trying to think. Pretty sure the kids like them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like that blood incantation. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, there's a couple of obvious ones like Wolves in the Throne Room. I okay, mean, that like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry for not warning the listeners to sit down for that. Like, uh, there's like the you know, if you picture that, it's just like picture perfect. Like the they got like the the, the harp players and everything in that little room. I see it. I, I see it with my own eyes. Um, holler at me if you want me to start booking people on Tiny Desk, Tiny Death NPR. All right. I'm not, I don't get into the politics. All right. Just holler at me. I'll come do it. All right. You tiny, know Tiny Death is your, this, this is your copyright right now. Correct. They haven't coined that term just yet. They, somebody or like somebody, somebody like on zoom already has the minute I said it. That's my paranoia level. No, <laughs> yes. I'm, yes. I haven't copyrighted that yet. Should I, should we start that on heavy hole? Oh yeah. 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 That's tiny, a- tiny where we just show up on Tom's doorstep for, from his new house where he just moved <laughs> with a yeah. band every week, every once a month we, we show up at Tom's house. And like after the third time, he just calls the cops and locks the door. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what it's going to be right there in the little side, side compartment of the house. Real small, real tiny. All right. Now, now that we lost half our listenership, listen, I'm just kidding. I actually, <laughs> when I'm in the van with the guys, sometimes it's not old Taylor Swift. Sometimes I pop on NPR, man. Now I lost the other half of the listenership. Yeah, everyone's oh, on. Boy. All right. We're getting loose up here in the newsroom. That's how it is. It's wild and loose in the newsroom. There's a guy over there with a typewriter. He's throwing paper around. That's our stocks guy. He's losing it. Uh, <laughs> go, go smoke a cigar, buddy. Stockton, go smoke a cigar. All right, this one, I got one. I got a couple here that aren't great. Now Now that I'm joking around and laughing and I got all gassed up, 
Um, I, I did want to take advantage of this opportunity that we're, you know, we're doing this newsroom um, gimmick right now. I got a couple of stories from some bands, some artists that have fallen on hard times, maybe a few cautionary tales here, and maybe a few ways that the Heavy Hole podcast could help promote uh, fundraising um, efforts uh, uh, to help with, with, with some things. So getting into that part now, um, some, some real news here, unfortunate, but, uh, this is going back to April 13th, 2023. I'm getting this off of kpax.com, uh, kpax.com news, uh, Missoula is in, um, uh, and um, now I'm, where is, uh, where's Missoula out of man? What, what state is Missoula in? Cause this is, I, I should, I should know that. I'll before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you very much, sir. Uh, so, but but Ian's looking into that fact check. Montana, Missoula, Montana. Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, uh, yeah, out of Missoula, Montana. The highlight of this year for a Missoula band, an out of town show in Washington, quickly turned into the setback of their careers. The heavy metal band I Imagine Murder, which was born in Missoula, had their tour van filled with over twenty five thousand dollars worth of equipment stolen after their live show on April fourth, two thousand twenty three. Um, goes on about some information about the band's single, uh, uh, and, and the band's, um, rise to popularity in their area, all these places. Um, this happened, I guess, at the Plaid Pig in Tacoma. I don't think it happened at the venue. I think it happened after the show. Um, they crashed after midnight and ate a Taco Bell meal, not knowing what the next day would bring. They... Oh, they went back to their hotel. Okay, so they went back. So I guess this was at a hotel. Uh, they woke up the next morning, got everybody ready to go, all set up and walked outside. Uh, I thought we walked into the wrong parking lot. Oh, this is uh, a member of the band. So this is um, uh, one of the members of the band's quoted saying, woke up the next morning, everybody got ready to go, all set up, and we walked outside, and I thought we walked into the wrong parking lot at first. The parking lot where they parked their van and all their gear was empty. They hoped someone was pulling a prank or that the hotel's towing company confiscated the van. Unfortunately, their fate was much worse. Um, the police investigated finding shattered glass in the parking lot and concluded that someone must have hot-wired the van and took off with the gear. They, According to Alan, I guess, which is a member of the band, they weren't offered much help from law enforcement. Um, they were kind of just like, figure it out, go home. Uh, big city you got a lot to deal with the band had brought in some good some of their guitars into the ho hotel that night but other than that all of their equipment they need to perform or even practice is gone um uh more than the loss of equipment the members mourn the loss of their personal items um so this this is uh again this is i'm not necessarily familiar with this band but there's a lot of personal equipment a lot, a lot of gear that was stolen here uh donations to the band can be made uh, it says here, I'm clicking on the link to gofundme.com. This is a GoFundMe for the band I Imagine Murder out of Missoula, Montana. Uh, the band is I Imagine Murder out of Missoula, Montana. They have a GoFundMe at gofundme.com. Coleman Allen is organizing this fundraiser if you want to contribute to that. Uh, I wanted to bring this up. I have a few things I wanted to, to, to remark, but Ian, um, any hot takes, any any opinions, any thoughts? Yeah, that fucking sucks. I mean, I've luckily, I've you know, I'm not in, I'm not in a band. I've never been in a band that could have been in that um, environment. I guess uh, from the outside looking in, I'm always like, when I hear, when you hear of these things, it's always so shitty when it happens in our little tiny corner of the world. Because I'm like, yeah, these people. Most of the time, we're not talking about people that can easily go out and replace any of the equipment that that we're looking at here. 
this specific context is also interesting because like it instantly reminds me of like every time I've been in a hotel and you see like signage all over the parking lot that's like anything you leave here, like we are not responsible for jack shit of what's in this parking lot. That's still shitty though. Like part of me is like, yo, what the hell? Like the fact that there's nobody there, there's no security guards or anything. Um yeah, definitely a shitty situation. I don't know if the lesson should be like sleep in your fucking van. You you don't get the hotel. I, I don't know what it is, but uh feel really bad for those dudes. Um, that sounds awful. It, it is awful, man. I don't blame those guys for anything. Um, it's a shame that that happened. I hope that they're able to recover some funds and and um hopefully, you know, who know eventually maybe recover their equipment. I you know, I, I doubt it. I don't know how these things work when people fence off goods and all that sort of thing, but um, this is something that has happened to several bands over the years in different parts of the United States. I know I'm sure other parts of the world it happens to touring bands. People see a van and a bunch of musicians. I'm sure that's a sitting duck for the type of people who prey um, on on that type of thing. Now, it's something that weighs heavily on my mind and the mind of my bandmates when we go on the road. And I know I've spoken about this sort of thing to other people. I've I've talked about this on the podcast several times before about... Um, we always have one or two people sleep in the van. Um, although every once in a while you do break that rule. Uh, you know, if it's really hot out or something or really cold, out, you know, I, I, it's, it's, I can't tell anyone what to do in a specific situation. There's just rules of thumb that you leave someone in the van with the keys, with the cell phone. And what I would always tell someone to do if there's ever some sort of situation is you immediately... Uh, you know, if you if you if you see someone casing the van, if you see someone trying to break into the van, if you're able to just just start the van and drive away drive drive and the person you know the per- most likely they're not going to chase you but you know don't you know don't try to fight the person and, and get you you know get get yourself hurt or get worse happen to you man you know you never know and um you know and, and 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 call the authorities even though apparently law enforcement didn't do much for these guys that's a real shame too is that you would think with all that expensive gear and a van stolen i you know we don't know the full extent maybe you know these guys are there might be still an ongoing investigation and that sort of thing. I don't know. I didn't see any updates for this story, but um, it's a shame because you think they they might have gotten a little bit more assistance with the, given the the price they put on the amount of stuff stolen, and that's a stolen vehicle. But maybe this happened. Maybe they were in a really bad area where this is more common. I don't know. Yeah. What do you? Does it say what where they were? Like what city they were in when it happened? It was in Washington, right? It was, yeah, it was in a um a part of Washington. Let me see. Got it. Yeah, not that it matters too much. It was just funny because I know you had mentioned part of the article was the authorities saying, like, it's a big city. We can't help you. There's too much going on. And my, I guess, New, New York elitism was like, yeah, like, shut the fuck up. Help these guys out. Do something. At least pretend to do something. Kind of crazy that they got no assistance there whatsoever. Tacoma, Washington. Tacoma. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's that, man. The, the re- yeah, so the reason I read that, obviously, and I, I, you know, I plugged their, um, their, their, their online fundraising, uh, um, before was because that's something that I always, I, I tell my bandmates and I, and I tell people is, you know, where, you know, when you, when you get a hotel or when you park, even at the venue, whatever you do, just be mindful of where you park, watch the area, watch your surroundings, um i've heard stories of certain areas with security and 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 maybe people who are working for the venue not necessarily the the venue i'm not saying the management i don't know but i've heard situations where maybe the security or someone working in the parking lot is in on this with someone else who is stealing things and there's been all sorts of situations i've heard about through the years so you always want to be mindful that when you're rolling around as a touring band there are people out there who are mindful that you have expensive equipment with you 
um, and possibly lots of cash. That's another thing is a lot of bands are selling merch and can nowadays with Venmo and cash app and PayPal. Um, a lot of that stuff is digital, but the bands, there's bands that are still using cash, getting paid in cash. And you don't want to roll around with a big wad of cash, dude, put it in somebody's banking account or something, man, figure it out. Um, or, or transfer it all to your Venmo or your cash or whatever makes the most sense. I don't know, but, but just don't, don't roll around with, with, with G's, <laughs> you know, take yeah. the Take the video for IG or whatever you got to do, but, you know, be safe out there, man, for real. That's, Go ahead. I feel like what's fucked is what you just said about, like, it being inside jobs occasionally. If, like, somebody working doors, somebody in security, in any way affiliated with a venue that would, like, be doing this to the people coming in. It's just that, that's super sour because it's, like, one these bands coming in, these acts coming in to your venue or why you have a job, you know? Um, and two, you would think that they would have more of a deeper appreciation for, um, to some degree, at least the, the fact that these are real people. So that, that truly sucks that if that's ever happened in that case, I didn't even realize that was something that was floated over as like an idea, you know, it's a big wide criminal world out there, man. There's all sorts of ways to get money. Um, yeah, dude. So that's, but I want to say that as a cautionary tale for young upcoming bands going out on the road. And I don't want to scare anyone. I'm not saying this to scare you, but you know, if you can, like when you get the hotel, look at where your room is. Don't, you know, you park right up front at the hotel, you park wherever you can park and then you get your room. Don't leave the van there. Find out where your room is and try to park like right. So that it's right up by your room, back it in right up to the wall. If you can, I mean, there's, you know, little things you can do if you can have one or two people sleep in the van on the bench seats or something, if that's if that's doable, if you can, obviously, that's that's optimal, man. You know, people I've heard people talk about weapons and stuff like that. I mean, if you want to carry a little pepper spray or something like that, man, I'm not going to make any statements about anything else on here. What you shouldn't shouldn't do out here. But, I, you know, like that's um, uh, be smart out there and be safe, man. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. And just keep an eye on your shit, man. Always keep an eye on your things during the loadout. And if there's ever, uh, uh, there's lots of situations where your gear is in a big pile somewhere in the corner of a big room in a venue, you know, just always, always keep an eye out and watch your surrounding and watch who's around, man. And you never know who someone is when you're out of town, you know, just that's all, man. And, uh, and any thought, any thoughts on that, Ian? No, it definitely makes a lot of sense. I mean, you have a wealth of experience on this one, so I think it doesn't come off as much as scary as it does uh, helpful for a young musician that's that's going to be torn around. I quick question for you, Will: When you guys go out with Reeking Aura, um, uh, how how long is this tour that you're going to be on? And then also, like, do you guys shack up with buddies most of the time? Like, do you play in areas where you oftentimes find you have friends? Are you in places like hotels or motels? Or are you most of the time just sleeping out of out of the van situation we're playing the hotels uh a lot of the time we're doing the hotel game a lot um every once in a while you have a, a good friend who's willing to put you up on the floor in the extra bedroom that's great um uh but yeah a lot of times it's like a late night drive like the, the trick is say like say you're on the road and you play a show and the next the next venue you're playing in the next state over is like eight hours away. You drive, you drive three or four hours after the show, get a motel eight or whatever, red roof in or whatever it is on the roof. So on the, on the roof, on the road somewhere. And then you wake up and you just split the rest of the drive. It's, you know, it sucks because you, you know, hotels got, got more expensive. I feel like the last few years, like everything else. And you, you're basically paying to just like for four or five guys to pull into a room that's got two beds in it and all take take shits and shower and sleep for like four hours and then be out again on the road. You know what I mean? But sometimes it's just like the only thing you can do to keep everybody alive. Um, this tour coming up, 
it's going to be tough because we are going to be squeezed like literally like sardines in this van. Um, I don't I don't want to get into it, but we're bringing a lot of equipment and um, we got a lot of guys and we're going to make it work. That's what you have to do. Sometimes there's bands out there that own their own van and their own trailer. And that's great. That's one way to do it. I've discussed that, too. Um, sometimes for people like us who have full time jobs and we're, you know, we're balancing everything out. It makes more sense to rent. Uh, that's that's one thing. But but we're going to long story short, the drives for the most part are not too long. So we're going to be doing a lot of hotels. It's going to be hot as fuck out because we're going to the Carolinas. We're going to Georgia. We're going to Florida. Um, you know, it's 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 going to be a lot of fun, but we're going to be playing playing that air conditioner a lot. You know what I'm saying, man? So I'm going to give out the, the, the dates later, even though a couple of them are going to be done by the time people hear this, man. But yeah, so I just wanted to um touch on that story real quick though man so be careful on the road don't be scared of it what i like i said too because this is also in my experience it's a it's 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 rare that this happens if you go on the road and you play a million shows it's not it's not gonna happen everyone you know our um well the, if you're if you're lucky enough to be down south and catch will and and reeking or i'll say what he can't go over to the merch table support the boys maybe you can bump them up from that from that uh that motel on over to the ritz carlton or something let's get these guys Let's get these guys something nice. Buy buy them a few t-shirts, you know? Here the Marriott is nice. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get you in one of those. <laughs> I love it, man. Um our next story here in the Heavy Hole newsroom. I like this. We might have to keep doing this, man. Listeners, give us feedback on the social media and heavy hole podcast at gmail.com. Do you like the newsroom? Uh do you like what I've done with the place? Uh, our next story is out of um, uh, uh, Edinburgh, Glasgow. Uh, this is by way of the um, EdinburghNews.Scotsman.com, uh, the Edinburgh Evening News. Uh, Edinburgh slash Glasgow heavy metal band uh, Nyktopia, N-Y-C-T-O-P-I-A, Nyktopia's drummer robbed at German airport after Dream Festival show. All these bands getting to play their Dream show. That's what the last article said. And uh, and then getting robbed, unfortunately, man. Played a German music festival where his luggage, wallet, mobile phone, and 1,000 euro double bass drum pedals were stolen at the airport. Bummer, man. Um, this is, again, a cautionary tale there's not a lot of, I'm going to read it. There's not a lot of details as to what took place when this guy was robbed. I'm not inferring anything. I wasn't there. I don't know. Big shout out to this guy. We're going to read the uh, GoFundMe, the, the fundraising campaign for him at the end. Um, but uh, first of all, my thoughts are I have at several times been alone on tour, meaning that I have been a guy who has had to be at the airport by myself to meet a band or to go home uh, halfway through a tour and meet the other guys and someone fills in that's happened or I've, uh, you know, lots of different shit happens sometimes, you know, or we recently did a thing with Reeking Aura where we played New York, uh, you know, Long Island, upstate New York, New Jersey, Philly. So we were like driving home and there was I got a hotel by myself one night just because the logistics of everything were crazy. Um, if you're by, you know, you just traveling by yourself in general, man, you got to keep your, uh, um, you, you know, keep keep your eye on your square, man. You know, watch your six, dude. That's all I'm saying, man. Um uh, any any thoughts so far? I'm gonna get further into this article. Yeah, I mean, it's just super fucked up. I I haven't flown in so long. I'm not oftentimes in airports, but like I wouldn't think this kind of shit happens that often because I would think that it's like heavily, you know, a lot of security out in in at least major airports. So I don't know. Feel feel bad for this dude. Definitely hit up his GoFundMe. Well, yeah, dude. Um. 
let, I'll, let me let, let me paint the picture here, man. Um, uh, Carlo Bolzan, twenty nine, whose stage name for heavy metal act Nyctopia. I'm gonna look into them after the after this uh, recording. Car is uh, Carlo Caligula Hellblaster. I love it already. We're still yeah, that's good. Yeah, still buzzing from the Boarstream Open Air Festival appearance and meeting some of his heroes when he was robbed as he slept in the car park of Frankfurt Airport while waiting overnight July 23rd through 24th for his flight home to Edinburgh. Um, sleeping in the car park. He had to travel yeah. alone as he missed the band's flight to Germany and had to book his own flights there and back at last minute so he didn't miss the festival show and still played the German show despite suffering a fractured hand when he punched a wall in frustration at missing the original outward flight. Okay, this is interesting. So guys, yeah. right off there, I'm not judging this guy at all. Who knows what this guy's got going on in his life? But cautionary tale, um, the last few weeks, this whole reeking aura, pyrexia, atoll, uh, animals killing people tour, um yeah there's been stress and anxiety on a lot of different band members parts because we're, we're booking things we're looking into logistics we're trying to make certain things work that are difficult we're there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes you're in touch with people in different places there's a lot on your plate the merch has to be on point the van has to be on point what da 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 um and on top of that you're trying to rehearse and sound good as a band so it's like I I get it that there's a lot that goes into this, but man, but but always try to travel with the group. Always try to stay in a group, man. It's you know that's what I would say, man. And maybe this guy just couldn't. I don't know, man. Um, speaking about the robbery, Carlos said I lost everything: my clothes, my phone, my documents, including my passport and wallet, my double bass pedal for my drums, my phone and wallet. Had so many memories that are now gone forever. Um, and the details here, there aren't many about the actual robbery, which is, I'm sure what people are wondering, as was I. Then this happened. It was between 1 to 3 a.m. I'm normally a light sleeper, but it was a big weekend, so I was out cold. It was still weird. I didn't wake up as my stuff was under my body. I'm not sure what happened. I'm really gutted. I lost my pedals. I've played a lot of gigs with them. Um, so... It goes on to say about how he, you know, he had to report it to the police and the police said nothing could be done in a short term and he had to get emergency travel documents to get back to Edinburgh. This is still an ongoing thing that he's so it goes on to say that he's still dealing with a lot and he had to um, take a delayed flight back and so on and so forth, man. We, you know, we're very sorry to hear about this guy's ordeal. I'm in no way making light of this. If anything, I'm reading this for it to be a cautionary tale for our listeners and other people who might be traveling um, but yeah, there, there's, there's a lot there, man. Look up this band, Nyctopia. Uh, I'm trying to get this GoFundMe, uh, information right now. Um, but any thoughts, Ian? Yeah. I mean, I makes it, uh, the context that you gave of where it happened, I could envision it being a little bit easier to, to be in a vulnerable situation in that state where you're in, um, you know, like a sit and rest situation or you're sleeping in the car, like at, at the airport in a place, even where you're supposed to. Um, versus like walking down the terminal and getting like held at gunpoint or something. Um, so I could see how, you know, see how even by him doing nothing wrong, this could happen, you know, just uh, happen chance, which really fucking sucks. Um, definitely hope that this guy can can reclaim some of the stuff. And you even hear it. I'm sure he's super bummed about the the pedals and stuff like that and the gear. But like, like you noted in the first the first situation, like, Dude, he lost his phone. He lost he lost personal shit that uh he was probably near and dear to him. So um hope hope he makes it through, you know. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, again, I you know, I'm not trying to trying to play um Monday morning quarterback on what this guy should or shouldn't have done. I wasn't there. Just watch your back when you're out there and try to 
be aware of your surroundings. You know, it also says he was sound asleep and that sort of thing. I mean, the first thing, you know, maybe he was drinking. I don't want to infer that, but here's the thing too. Maybe he played drums in a band at a festival and was traveling back and forth for days on end and was completely exhausted. You know what I mean? That happens, dude. These I, I've been there when you're on the road and your immune system and your body is reacting to lack of sleep and, and um, uh, you know, lack of showers, lack of, you know, like like regular uh, nutrition. You're eating road food and, you know, maybe you're dehydrated. There's all sorts of things. Um, so shout out to this guy, GoFundMe.com. Uh, the organizer is David Henderson, beneficiary, beneficiary, Carlo Bolzan. Um, so that's a, that's another kind of cautionary tale. I just wanted to get into quickly, man. Um, respect to those guys. I'm going to look up that band Nyctopia later. Um, uh, another thing that was on metal injection about, um, bands using back the metal injection had a big article about bands using backing tracks live. Uh, some people like it. Some people don't. Adrian Smith uh, of of Iron Maiden isn't really about it. Kiss claims they're not really into it, but there's rumors that Paul Stanley's doing it on their retirement tour. Um, I think the listeners and you, Ian, probably already know where I'm going with this, but I just wanted to get your thoughts quickly. Yeah, I mean, I've never really been too into it. I have, um, I'm trying to think when this was. It might have been like 2014 or something. Um, I remember at the time going and seeing... Uh, what are they called? Fallujah, which is like uh, more like tech, I guess. Not tech, more like prog, prog death metal. I don't, I don't really know what they call themselves, but um, they relied so heavily on a on a guitar backing track, um, and then also um, some like synth and atm- atmospheric stuff. Uh, I think time and place is where I sit with it. You know, um, there's some stuff that I listen to that is of like the doom metal. Um, vein where it makes a lot of sense like a uh, current bands that i think have put out albums that have uh, backing tracks live uh, temple of void is a band that i like um i think that they do it tastefully and it doesn't it doesn't sound like they shouldn't have it does that make sense it's like if you're using it because you're like hey it makes it easier on us and we're cutting a corner that's where when i'm watching it live i'm like well you're, it's kind of taken away from the experience if it's part of like atmosphere is an intro part or like, you know, something between songs. Sometimes uh, I'm usually pretty cool with that. Yeah, man. Uh, well, you have uh, like, like a, like a keyboard part an intro. Yeah. Yes. Example. That's a different situation. But when there's like something I personally am not into is when it's like a full rhythm guitar track. And I've even seen a band do it where the the guy in person is playing the rhythm guitar and the lead guitar tracks are on the backing tape, backing track. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I hate that when if it's like layered in just to get either one additional sound, like if you're just trying to sound a little thicker, part of me is like, yo, find your nuts, man up and figure out how to how to have that thick, juicy sound without without needing it. And or like I love when I see a band like um like a good, like Psychroptic. Psychroptic, uh, Joe Haley, their guitar, they're a one guitar band for a while. I think now they have two guitarists, but like back when Observant came out in 2008, they were playing live shows with one guitar. You listen to that album, you're not feeling like it's missing something on the on the back end from like a rhythm guitar perspective because he wrote in such a way that it sounded fucking awesome. Like it, it worked really well. And watching them live and being like, holy shit, this it's just one dude and he's able to play the lead parts without it sounding empty uh was was great so uh, i think that's like a a story of 
hey, there's ways that you could do it without needing all that shit. And uh, I think when you can do that, you just come off all the better for it. Yeah, yeah, man. I think again, this this discussion that you know we could go round and round with it. You know, the listeners already know it's not not for me, not my thing. None of my bands really do. I'm very proud that none of my bands do that. I'm very proud that none of the musicians I work with do that. Or I'm I'm also proud that none of the drummers I work with use uh, triggers. Um, and I'm not putting down any bands that use triggers or anyone that uses. It. It's just my personality, my style, my way of doing things, the way I grew up, my stubbornness um my uh, my unwillingness to embrace modernity which is not necessarily a good trait um it's just how i am is complemented i feel by 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 working with with bands like like i i i consider myself very fortunate that i've been able to work with so many drummers who prefer to work that way true too man you know that's that's just how how i work and i don't i don't put down anyone who does man i've interviewed many drummers on here who use we interviewed bands who here who use backing tapes and things like that. What we're talking about, that's fine. They can do it as a listener, as a collector, as someone going to a concert. That type of entertainment is not for me. What I'm looking for is um, my live music experience in terms of extreme music started out in like hardcore shows and DIY spots and Castle Heights death metal shows in the late 90s. I'm looking for a band that can play play alive and some of the best band like some of the um best bands i've seen who i love their albums i love their recordings when you see them live yeah they might not necessarily pull off every little thing like on the album there might be overdubs on the album that they can't do or things they can't do but bands have a way the best artists i think in general have a way of presenting things live and presenting things in the studio and and they're they're both one of the and maybe that's an old-fashioned sentiment Maybe the idea that you can present it live just like it is in the studio is why people are pushing these technologies forward. And that's fine. That's a whole field. You know, those people don't need me to make money. You know, that they, I'm over here doing my thing. But I'm just making the point that, you know, that's that's how I feel, man. So, so Ian, um, I don't know, any other thoughts on that? No, I mean, it's it's definitely really cool to hear what you just said about like triggering and stuff too. Do you think right now in the current modern metal stuff that comes out, I this might be too hard of a question to answer, but do you think more often than not um kicks are triggered still in in most like technical death metal stuff or do you think that it's starting to move further back you know we talked about the pendulum swing with the knuckle draggy old school styles coming back do you think a lot of like drummers are still triggering or do you think that that, that it's moving away from it i think just the way everything is now there's a there's a whole field of drummers that are triggered there's drummers now that are trying to trigger everything there's drummers that are just trying to double up on their trigger there's there's drummers that are trying to trigger their triggers there's drummers that are trying to, <laughs> there are drummers right now that are just trying to fucking tap on the keys of their laptop live i don't give there, there's drummers that are just doing some crazy but like it's like that's the thing is death metal is getting pushed in every direction because on the flip side of that yeah there's a whole different other movement of drummers that are just trying to do it old-fashioned um and trying to do it with no triggers and trying to go back and you know or or you know go back and study what the ogs did that type of thing. so yeah there's there's both ends of the spectrum that's how it is with death metal nowadays you you think of it someone's already doing it you know it's <laughs> it's uh it's good and it's bad you know it, it is what it is man um uh but but uh moving on i just have one last quick I don't want to even call this a story. Uh, I'm not going to infer anything about it. There's not many other details than what people already know. But since we're doing the uh, heavy hole newsroom, and I'm using this to shed light on some potential opportunities to promote 
um, uh, fundraisers for people who are going through a, a tough time. Nick Barker, drummer Nicholas Barker. People might know him from all these different. He, uh, he was with um, Cradle of Filth famously. And and uh, I think he, he did a stint in Brujeria. And all the, people know him from a lot of different music, man. Look up Nick, Nick Barker on Metal Archives and it goes on for days. He's given us tons of great music. I know, I do remember a Maryland Death Fest many years ago where he was chilling with a bunch of friends of mine, um, uh, partying and hanging out. Uh, he had a very down-to-earth vibe. I was me I messaged him a few times behind the scenes about conducting a Heavy Hole podcast interview, and he was receptive, but unfortunately we were unable to set it up. The man has a very busy schedule and life. Uh, so shout to him. I, and the listeners may already know where I'm going with this, so shout to him. We wish him... Uh, the best recovering from losing kidney function. Uh, as stated, uh, his kidneys are in full failure, as stated here on his uh, GoFundMe. Um, Brandy uh, Campanile and Tony Dolan are organizing this fundraiser on behalf of Nicholas Barker. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm not going to read the whole GoFundMe uh, about this. People who follow him on social media, I do follow him on social media. So I, you know, I kind of found out about it over the weekend. I just wanted to shed a little light on that for people who didn't know that uh, and might want to check that out if they could donate. Um, we just want to promote that and wish him the best. Obviously, interviewing him isn't the 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 first priority here, man. Um, we just want to include that with some of these other stories of people on hard times that we that you know maybe you could uh, um, uh, give if you have. So with that being said, any any thoughts on that, man? I'm sure you're familiar with Nick Barker. Yeah, um, but I wasn't familiar with that story, actually. Uh, uh, I'm not doing my homework. Um, yeah, I just think so oftentimes, uh, being on the listening side of death metal, uh, we do so little for the artists that we love. You know, it's so easy to ingest the music without paying for it now. Um, and yes, we do try to go out of our way to to buy merch occasionally, but this is a great opportunity, I think, to say, hey, I'm going to help out somebody who's done a lot for me. Um, yeah. In, in that way so uh yeah thank you for calling that out i'm gonna head over there myself um to try to try to get back yes yeah, spotify's not helping them out i'm sure man oh, yeah exactly that's why i laughed before you saying for, to listen to the music without giving to the artist but we're not going to go down that road uh in this discussion so that being said shout out to nicholas barker we wish him um all the best get well soon uh and all the best to, to everyone else we we're talking about who's on hard times uh and with that we conclude the first edition of the heavy hole newsroom uh, i'd like to thank my co-anchor ian conies yeah it was it's very very appreciated to be on the um the the first go round of the newsroom here the the inaugural the inaugural headlines yes um and with that being said i'm going to loosen up the tie and we're going to go the lights are going to fade out and i'm going to shuffle the papers again and i'm going to say something to you but the audio will be off like the regular news <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> right. Uh, so and then we're going to go right back into civilian mode because we do have recommendations uh, for the listeners. We're not just sitting here having tea time, uh, having a little knitting circle and talking shop. Um, we're going to get down to regular heavy hole business now. And Ian, I'm going to let you take the lead with your recommendation. Yeah, thank you, sir. So, uh, you know, since I've been joining you guys, I feel like I've always come to the table with something that's about to come out or something that has just recently come out. Um just in the effort of trying to not shove something down somebody's throat that they've already known about, if that makes sense. But um, this time I decided to change it up a bit. So the artist that I'm coming with is Diocletian, um, New Zealand-based, like Black and Death. Um, the album is Gazundrian. 
and the label is uh, Osmos uh, Productions. This came back in 2000, came out back in 2014. Um, and just like a real quick bit of background, I believe it was their third full length. Um, I know that they also before this had a few like crust influence demos and splits. They did a few things with some splits where they had some punk covers on them and stuff like that. Um, this album overall, I really, really dug it when it came out. Um, I listened to it pretty heavily for like a year, year and a half, walked away from it for a while. And I'd say if in the last year and a half, two year period, I came back to this album. Um, as far as like black and death goes, I mean, like the writing on this uh, is top notch for me. It's very frantic. I'd say it's almost like breakneck riffage, uh, as, especially compared to their earlier releases. Um, you know, once you get past that opening track, that's a little bit more, I don't want to say doom laden, but you know, it's kind of a build up. The rest of the album is like foot down on the gas the whole time. Um, kind of dizzying. And I really love it. Uh, so if you're into like black and death, this came for me, this album came out in a very interesting time of my journey through subgenres. Um, I had just started to dive way deeper into like the, the early behemoth stuff. So that was like really like second wave, um black metal at the time so uh and i was also like heavily listening to like stuff like goat Hole, um and things that were more like black and roll so to me this was taking some of what i liked that was black and roll and i always had like a death metal like core um but as i was steering further and further into black metal this album uh spoke to me back then and i still think it's worth a listen almost 10 years later so if you're unfamiliar take a listen um but will did you know this album um prior to the, to this conversation or uh, I, familiar with the band or anything? I did not. And um, some of the listeners might be surprised because Diocletian is a band that's definitely on my radar. A lot of my friends and bandmates listen to them. I've seen them on social media. I get it. Um, it's just one of those bands that for whatever reason, um, you know, I, I haven't heard. I can't keep track of everything, you know, sorry. So when you brought this up, I was like, this is great because I know this band is probably sick. A lot of, you know, I know a lot of people like them. Um, that, you know, that I know and respect. And I was not disappointed at all. The intro, like you said, was pretty amazing and atmospheric and it set a certain tone, the crazy use of samples. Uh, then there's that kind of groove laden part it goes into. And then, like you said, it's full steam ahead. What an amazing metal album. I know like this kind of is maybe part of the war metal genre. Um, maybe more or less by theme, by production, by writing style. I don't know, but what struck me about this with that kind of preconception in mind was the production was really good. It was still very brutal and heavy and um, it took up a lot of space. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the type of black metal that's tinny and corpse production. It was just bombastic and it was right there. I love the production, love the guitar tones and everything. And the like you said, the writing is something special. These guys know how to write a song. It's the I do when you know when you say war metal, I think of blasphemy, and that's part of the charm for me of blasphemy's two albums that I do own. I I like blasphemy is that there's some very simple, almost grindcore like song structure stuff going on there. That stereotype of war metal is kind of stuck in my head. So hearing a band like this that crafts a song, there's a lot of I want to say heavy metal ear candy in there, not to give the idea that this is some sort of traditional Iron Maiden band or something like that, but there's just some pinch harmonics, some little writing things, some little accents sprinkled in there that really show an attention to the craft of songwriting in the context of metal. 
um whether it's war metal death metal black metal doom metal whatever these guys just know how to do it uh again i don't want to talk it to death i only really listened to the album and gave it one spin today but i was super impressed i see what everyone's talking about i get it um and no disrespect to them that i hadn't heard it yet it's just one of those things where there's so many bands and so many things to keep track of it fell through the cracks a little bit for me and it's not necessarily my neck of the woods from for uh like subgenre lanes to begin with you know what I'm saying, man? It's a little bit over there for me. So I'm glad that you, you brought this up for the show, man. Great album. I wouldn't be surprised if Tom's onto it already. Tom likes this. Uh, we, I actually, I know Tom and I went to, it was 2015 or something like that. Me, him, and Justin actually, and another buddy had drove to Southern Illinois for Full Terror Assault, which was an open, it was billed as like America's like only the open air metal music festival was actually held at the same place where they did the first gathering of the jugglers. Um, and, uh, I don't want to put that down too much. I think they're still doing that festival. And I think that, uh, you know, so props to them. Hopefully it's turned around. It was very poorly put together. And I remember on the drive back, we ended up leaving early. I was super bummed on that. Cause like I had to, like scrap the money together to go to this thing. I was like, what the fuck? And I remember throw, we threw this album on, on the way back. And, uh, Tom was like, Oh, you like this? And I was like, yeah, yeah. So fucking killer um so i haven't talked to tom about it in a really long time but like i said that was almost 10 years ago now i have never been to full terror assault fest but from what i understand they are building and progressing every year well good um, good for them i'm not uh you know hopefully that is the case that's what i'll say um so yeah so we'll, we'll leave it there shout to tom say hi to tommy and tell tell him to put um, tom i miss you man come back home we need you yeah, you, I'm sure the house sucks, man. You, come on, move on back. Yeah, nah, in all seriousness, I hope I hope he's doing well. I I gotta connect with him. Hell yeah, man! This is big. I I shout to Tom, man. I'm always in touch with him and Justin behind the scenes, as I say during this recommendation time. So Tom, uh, and it's Diocletian. What's the name of the album? Uh, Gazundrian. Gazundrian. Okay, not I'm not gonna make the obvious Gazundite joke. I'm just gonna. Leave <laughs> That's growth. All right, so uh, Tom, please put that on, sir. man yeah uh so i got something a little bit older you brought in something old i brought in something older big shout to adam rotella my friend friend of the show the guy who originally got me into all this underground death metal and gore grind and everything to begin with back in the day adam of anal birth we've had him on the show many times in the past not recently though gotta get him on here um adam popped in my text the other day with this album uh, and just remarked about how he hadn't heard it in a long time and how it really hits and it's really, really deserves more credit. I agree. I mean, I've, I kind of like shout to Mary Bielik of Derkada and, uh, formerly of mythic. Um, uh, she, uh, she was on the show and did a whole episode with us one time. You can go back and listen to, and she recommended this band and talked about them old school Pittsburgh band called dream death, uh, dating back to 1985. Uh, I'm, I'm going off of metal archives here. 
Um, some say 1984, the band even formed, but I'm talking about their journey into mystery full length album from 1987, which was released on new Renaissance records on 12 inch vinyl. I bet you that's worth a lot on Discogs, man. Um, this is something else. I really enjoyed this. I tried to listen to it once or twice in the past after that Mary Bielik episode when she recommended it to it. And I guess it just didn't hit, you know, sometimes something you're not ready for, it doesn't hit, it's, you know, whatever. I don't know. Not the right vibe at the right time. Adam put that when Adam popped in this, I said, all right, man, Adam put me, I got to really try to find the, the magic in this man, because if Adam's saying that this is something great, it's a, it's a hidden gem. It deserves more respect. So yesterday I sat down and it did hit, it really did hit. And I'm going to say something, um, very old It's 87. So obviously it's an old school death metal album with thrash metal influences. I'm going to go on my personal opinion and say hardcore influences too. Keep in mind, this is 1987 when I say hardcore influences. I've been listening to, lately I listened to Cro-Mag's Age of Quarrel album a few times. I listened to the first uh, two Crumb Suckers albums, uh, a lot in general, but recently I was kind of on a thing. Um, uh, what else? I listened to... Uh, I've been listening to a little bit of Agnostic Front sometimes, old school Agnostic Front. I, I like old school hardcore sometimes, man. And the only thing, the only reason I'm bringing all this up and trying to get street cred by saying all that is because this Dream Death album brought some of that to mind with some of the parts. There's some very simple, chuggy, um, uh, kind of like heavy parts that would that would almost infer hardcore. And the fact that this guy has these very pronounced, um, uh, energetic vocals. And kind of sarcastic. I, I love the lyrics. The lyrics are really great, especially in the first song, Back from the Dead. Um, it, there's something about this that has a hardcore energy, a hardcore spirit to it, even though it's very clearly early death metal with with thrash metal roots. Um, the drums are amazingly tight. The drums pull, the drummer pulls off some great stuff. It would be amazing to hear what this guy would do if he was in a full-on grind or blast beat style band. But he, even so, he's a great drummer. Like I said, some really cool writing that is almost reminiscent of hardcore sometimes and how simplistic it is, but it also can get very metal and very, and very, so it's, it's, no, don't, don't get me wrong. This isn't like a crossover. It's just death thrash with some really brutal, simple parts. And the vocals are very pronounced. And this guy obviously paid a lot of time and put a lot of attention into his lyrics and pronouncing the lyrics for the band so that people could understand them, which sometimes I'm not into, but this time I really liked it, especially the opening track back from the dead. There's almost, and this is, again, getting back to the kind of hardcore vibe. When he says that chorus about Back from the Dead, it almost sounds like a hip-hop song. I'm back from the dead. You know what I mean, man? I feel like it's almost like a run DMC thing for a second when he says that. But then it goes back into Death Thresh. So with that being said, I kind of found this charm to this album. Really brutal guitar tone for the time, I would say, too. And I'll just throw that, throw that in there. But Ian, uh, uh, take it away. What would you think of it? So one, I'll start with saying I was really, really happy you picked this because I've never listened to them. With that said, I was aware of them because I got, uh, I don't know, seven years ago or so, I went down the rabbit hole for a while listening to just a lot of like doom metal. So I was very familiar with Penance. And these guys later became three of the four members of um, Dream Death, became Penance out of Pittsburgh, which is a doom metal band in the vein of like, uh, cathedral or um trouble or saint vitus um 
and uh, I'm familiar with their music. Uh, I actually looked it because I was like trying to remember the name of that. Parallel Corners from '94 is the album from Penance that that I that I really liked. Um, and uh, yeah, it, in listening to in getting gearing up for this, I listened to that album again, and it reminded me when I was in college. Actually, I quote interned at Earache Records in Long Island City, and uh, Al Dawson from Earache, I remember, had this giant banner behind his desk of Cathedral. And I, at the time, was listening to just, like, decapitated, like, a lot. Like, that was the only kind of death metal that was running by me. So I was like, this cathedral shit sucks. And then uh, later came into liking all of that. So was familiar with Dream Death as, like, oh, yeah, those are the dudes from Penance. Had no idea what it was going to sound like. And then I listened to it and was like, oh, shit, this is nothing like Penance. And it was fucking awesome. I really, really liked this album that you sent through for today. Um, they weren't afraid to be like stop go with the guitar work. They really like let the drummer do a lot of the talking in some in some parts. Um, and also one thing that I really liked it is it wasn't just like bastardized thrash, which I feel like from what I've listened to in '87, the stuff that was like death metal that was leaning on like, hey, we're just more aggressive thrash metal was just trying to be like, hey, can we play a mile a minute guitar work and that's it? These guys were not afraid in this album to like take their time and do some mid-tempo pace stuff that just sounded fucking heavy because of the pacing um, while still maintaining some of that like thrash and obviously the death components uh, also selfishly loved, loved the cleaner, not cleaner, but he, he enunciates. You can understand what the guy's saying. Um, this is the kind of metal I can throw on with my kids in the car. Cause they're like, Oh, I can hear what he's, I can hear what he's saying, daddy. So uh, yeah, no, I, I really dug this album. I'm going to be listening to it a lot. I think. It's fun, dude. It's you know what it reminded me of, dude. And I'm not saying they just just because they're both old death metal. I'm not saying they both sound the same, but there's some similar qualities. Um, if you ever listen to Necrophagia, um, Seasons of the Dead, I think was the was the album. Man, I haven't listened to it in a while, but they, or if you like Deceased, yeah, uh, especially the, the the Deceased album, Fearless Undead Machines. Um. Uh, I'm I'm just going off of the vocals and the lyric, the vocal delivery and the lyrics right now. But the, 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 this also, the, I'm just going to say the deceased album, Fearless Undead Machines, has a special place in my heart for the way King Fally delivers those vocals and the lyrics. And uh, there's something about it, and that there's a parallel there too. I feel like too, man. It's just there's a there's a type of old school death metal that's just fun in a in an old creepy horror movie way. Um, you know, death, death, the band death was a different thing. Obituary was a different thing, but like there's certain bands that had this, I don't want to say it was tongue and like, like macabre is tongue in cheek. That's goofy, you know, with much respect to them. I think they know they're kind of goofy with the serial killer thing, but like necrophagia and dream death, like, and, and deceased, even I'll say there's just a, like this exaggerated horror movie quality to their front man or their singer, you know, that I love. So that's, yeah. I mean, like, like, a, like one of those guys that hosts the horror movie shows back in the nineties, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Cause I'm, I'm 31. Whenever I listen to stuff now and I discover something from like 87, some of the things that go through my mind are, I'm always like, you know, I look it up and it's like, Oh, this came out in 87. But part of me wonders like, did this shit come out in like March? And then like, you know, I wonder how that fit into the calendar year of 87. Cause like thinking of 87, 88, 89, I'm like, there's so much fucking like threat, like the stuff that are staples of like thrash and like the foundations of death metal were right around that window. And I wonder like what it would be like to ingest that, like, Oh, like which would I have heard first, you know? Um, and then also likewise, I wonder what these guys were listening to when they made this album. Like what were the biggest influences? on them 
when they were listening to this like there was one point in this record where i was like yo this kind of reminds me of like razor like even though some of it i was getting more like hardcore vibes there was i forget which track it was but somewhere in the midpoint i was like this is just some fucking like good thrash right now uh and it sounded a little razor-esque to me so i was like i wonder if they were listening to shit like that or not at all i have no idea uh, yeah, I don't know. I that makes me think I got to reach out for an interview. Um, but uh, yeah, which and also what you said about the stop and go, not being afraid to let the drummer talk. I think that's another point where I was thinking about New York hardcore, old school '80s hardcore, that kind of correlation. There's yeah, there's something that's fun about. This. I mean, I could picture um, this album kind of being being you know put on by by people who like that old school hardcore and are looking for a metal thing. It, it I don't know that I would consider it a crossover album, but it has crossover potential in terms of people's music library. Um, so with, with that being said, uh, uh, we're talking about the 1987 album by Pittsburgh based dream death journey into mystery. Uh, it was on new Renaissance records. They have put out two albums since in the um, uh, 2000s, which I have to get into. I'm not going to front here. I haven't heard them, but I do know that um, High Roller Records, which specializes in kind of obscure old school death thrash and thrash and heavy metal reissues, has reissued um, this album on CD and 12-inch vinyl um, uh, uh, several different times, Defiled Crypt, New Renaissance Records. Uh, put out a few editions themselves. So you might be able to find it, man. Dream Death, Journey into Darkness, man. Uh, Journey into Mystery, I mean. Check it out. Check it out yourself, too, there, Tom. So we we did the recommendos. Um, Ian, how you doing? You still with me, man? Uh, always. Yep. You got to pee? No, no, no. We. I'm just going straight in the pants right now. <laughs> it's getting it's getting <laughs> filthy over here. Good man, good man. This guy Ian, when he when he gets away from his wife and kids for an hour, he sounds <laughs> a whole fucking six pack. You should see him. No, I'm just. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry, bro. No, uh, we got one final segment here we're doing, man, because, listen, just because we did the news thing, it's not Big Will trying to cheap out and give you a 45-minute episode. I'm giving the listeners what they want. We're going to do one final segment here before we get out. I'm going to talk about some upcoming shows, but first, you know I got to do some shameless plugs on my own stuff I got coming up. Right now, as you're listening to this, I should be out there on the um, uh, East Coast Extermination Tour, headlined by Pyrexia with animals killing people and Atoll fronting my own band, Reeking Aura. Um, not sure when this episode's dropping specifically, but the, the starts, it's all August 2023. The third, we're going to be in Frederick, Maryland. The fourth, we're going to be in Richmond, Virginia. The fifth, we're going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. The sixth, we're going to be in Spartanburg, South Carolina. The seventh, we're going to be in Atlanta, Georgia. The eighth, we're going to be in Tampa, Florida. The ninth, we're going to be in Orlando, Florida. The tenth is to be determined. 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 The eleventh, we're going to be in Newark, Delaware. And the 12th, we're going to round it all out in Clifton, New Jersey, and come home. Say, that's that's it, Mazel Tov. Hopefully, hopefully with a lot less T-shirts and a lot more money that we put in someone's bank account so we don't lose it and get robbed. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, but that's that. 
Um, just wanted to talk quickly also about some shows coming up. Let me look. What do I got? New York City metalscene.com nyc metalscene.com uh that we always shout out here i know when i'm looking up for shows in my local neighborhood here on long island or in new york city i go to nyc metalscene.com first they also list shows like up and down the east coast randomly in parts of new england sometimes depending on the show uh and non-metal related shows sometimes too around here hard rock shows and that sort of thing so we always want to support that shout out to matt um just going through here I'm going to scroll down because when this episode is probably going to release, we might miss um, a few. But if uh, let's let's start off um, Friday, August the 11th, 2023, you got disturbed at PNC Arts Center in Homedale, New Jersey. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> oh, come on, get down with the sickness, man. You also got Guns N' Roses at Hershey Park Stadium in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Honestly, man. Ian, your your perspective. If you're a dad, you got some kids, the wife, you take them to Hershey Park, Guns N' Roses isn't probably the worst night out. No, it wouldn't be the worst night out. But also flip the side of that coin, like if I'm going to find a way to get out, I'm going to see something absolutely fucking vile. I'm not going to try to make it uh, palatable. So, but yeah, I love the idea. I That sounds like Guns N' Roses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Maybe you're right. <laughs> Um, Monday, August the 14th, we got Batushka. I don't know which one. You got to look that up and fat check it. Swallow the Sun and Storm Ruler at Brooklyn Monarch in Brooklyn, New York for your Monday night black metal fix. Uh, Tuesday, August 15th, we didn't get rid of Guns N' Roses yet. They're at the MedLife Stadium in New Jersey. Um, Thursday, August 17th, the Super Suckers, the Rumors at Debonair Music Hall. Uh, moving ahead here, what else we got here? Well, Disturbed is back at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield, Massachusetts on the 18th. Oh, boy. Um, Camelot with a K, Battle Beast, and Xandria at Webster Hole in New York City. You familiar with Camelot at all? Uh, no, I've never listened to him. Okay, maybe this one you know about. Saturday, August 19th, you got Ghost and Amon Amarth at Xfinity Center in Mansfield, Massachusetts. Man, that's a Ghost and Amon Amarth. That's like a big guy at my job who also listens to metal and tries to talk to me about metal concert. For sure. That's a Broadway show. That's like going to see like Little Orphan <laughs> <Luke and Annie, laughs> you know, like that's going to be some solid production yeah. value. Yeah, well, this one's a little bit more my lane uh, over there at Dingbats on, uh, in New Jersey, Clifton, New Jersey, on August 21st uh, on a Monday, Decrepit Births and Psychroptic. I like that Decrepit, Decre Decrepit Birth and Psychroptic are touring together. I yeah. absolutely love that. I fucking that. I want to get to that. I actually I'm on the site right now. Um, selfishly for myself, I'm seeing that it, it says that on August 20th, they're, that same lineup is going to be in Brooklyn. Um, so, like, I might actually try to get to that because that would be awesome. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of sick, dude. It's it just make it like that's 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 like an evenly weighed tour. That's good. You know, it, it makes sense. You know what else is kind of sick? Um, August the 27th, Sunday at Hampton Beach Casino in New Hampshire. <laughs> All right, man. Let's go to that one. Uh, let's truck up to New Hampshire. Shout out to my New Hampshire people, man. I used to know a nice girl from New Hampshire, man. It didn't work out. Tuesday, August, <laughs> Sunday, August 27th, and Tuesday, August 29th. Um, Sunday, the, Sunday, August 27th up there in New Hampshire. Um, and Tuesday, August 29th in Walling, Wallingford, Connecticut. Wasp and Armored Saint. Wasp and Armored Saint is kind of a sick lineup. If you're like, if you like the old school heavy metal stuff, dude, I don't know. It's kind of yeah. Cool. No, I, I would go to that. That's, I would, I would love to be at that show. 
They're also going to be at the Fillmore in Philadelphia on the 30th. Not sure if that's coming by New York, man. Maybe they do. Oh, no, they have Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City on Saturday, August 26th. That's going to be some gray beards. Dude, there's going to be some dudes with some gray beards and some fucking <laughs> vests from 1987 at that bitch, man. Holler at, holler at my NYDM people, man. Love my NYDM people, man. Holler at Tel- Telak Vovin. Sorry, I missed the listening party the other day. I've been a busy boy. Uh, Saturday, <laughs> September 2nd, 2023, Madball, Marauder, Never Again, Bayway, my favorite New Jersey hardcore band. Um, uh, Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey. My favorite new New Jersey band is Bayway. Um, you ever hear Bayway? I have not. I'll check them out. I mean, like, this is definitely stuff that I grew up on. It's like fun. Madball, Long Island hardcore. Follow Bayway on um, social media, man. Good, I like I like that band. Shout out to Joe. Um, Sunday, September third, you got Angel Maker, Volvo Dynia, Falsifier, and Carcosa at the Brooklyn Marna. Wow, Carcosa's on that, man. All right, that's good. Carcosa and Volvo Dynia. That's something else. Um, you know, you know, you listen to any of those bands, Volvo Dynia. Yeah, yeah, uh, Carcosa. Um, Carcosa, yeah. we know. Yeah. No, that that sounds cool. Volvadynia is another band that like everyone knows they're huge. They're like, have garnered a lot of support. I just, I'm not as familiar. I got to check it out. Um, Friday, September 6th. A lot of people are excited about this one down in Philly. Mr. Bungle at the Fillmore. Um, You a Mr. Bungle fan? I am not, but like uh, maybe I should be. Maybe I haven't given enough spins if I'm being honest, but the little I've heard, it's like, it just hasn't seemed for me. Me neither. They're playing it terribly. Friday, September 8th, they're at Terminal 5 in New York City. But that comes up a lot in the van to my dismay with my bandmates. Hey, man, look, again, yeah, I don't, I'm don't. i sorry. I'm not a huge Mr. Bungle fan. I I like, you know, other things that, that, he, that he's done, like Mike Patton or whatever. Yeah, like I, the guy doesn't, doesn't like, I, he doesn't need me. It's okay. I can say I'm not a big fan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, wow, this is fun. Ministry, Rob Zombie, Alice Cooper, and Filter at the Pavilion in Scranton, Pennsylvania, Friday, September 8th. Dude, that's another one that, like, if I'm a suburban dad with some kids, bring your kids down to the old Pavilion Friday night, you know what I'm saying? See a little bit of Alice Cooper and Rob, Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie and Ministry with Filter opening again. That's, I'm not even that into all those artists. I have varying degrees of, like, respect for them. You know, Alice, Alice Cooper is cool and shit, but, like, and I, I Filter's first album, I will talk about one day on the podcast. I, I own it. But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, that's Ministry, Rob Zombie, Alice Cooper, Filter. It all makes sense. Yeah. No, it definitely does. That's, like, you know what you're getting there. I would go to that really quick. I, uh, Alice Cooper, I, uh, one of the agencies I worked at in Manhattan was by like Canal Street and we shared a building with iHeartRadio. So there would be like oftentimes in the lobby, like my industry, I work with a lot of like mid to early 20s sorority girls. So they would go crazy because John Legend was in like the lobby, you know? And one time I go in the lobby and uh, waiting for the elevator is Alice Cooper and like four dudes that he's with. And uh, we're waiting for the same elevator so it opens up at like the bank that was nearest me. You know, it's like 12 different elevators you can get in. So I hold the door and I just say like, Mr. Cooper, after you. That's all I said. His like, his like entourage looked at me like I was like a piece of shit. And they looked at, they were mad that I also got in the elevator. These elevators can fit like 20 fucking people. And there was like just the five of us. Um, and that's all I said to him the whole time. And I was like, they, they were eyeballing me. Like I was just like. <laughs> they hated me so after that i was kind of like turned off for a moment but it was also funny because then i stepped out into work 
and I go around all the, like I said, mid 20 year old sorority girls. And I'm like, guys, I know you guys saw Taylor Swift last week or the equivalent in the lobby. I just took the elevator with Alice Cooper. And they were like, who is she? And I was like, all right, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I even talking to you guys? Oh, uh, dude, that sucks, man. I've heard so many stories lately about celebrities being shitty people, the regular people, dude. I know I know a guy, a guy who works in the music industry. He just told me some bummer stories about like not that I would expect any pop stars or rock stars to be like good hearted people. But uh, just for by way of like their image publicly. But like, uh, yeah, I just heard some shitty, shitty, like don't make eye contact with me stories type shit like that. That's yeah. I, yeah. I mean, like, I didn't go home crying into my pillow. I didn't really give a shit. At the same time, I'm not that surprised, you know? Yeah, like, little did he know you're a death metal fan, so you just have kind of, like, passing nostalgic respect. <laughs> right. Come on. Yeah, ex- exactly. All right, yeah. So he, he let that Wayne's World scene go to his head, I guess. That's <laughs> 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 what he expects now. He expected you to do the we are, we're not worthy. Oh, man. Um, Listen, man, speaking of we're not worthy, uh, we're not worthy of your listenership. Hopefully we are worthy of your listenership, but man, we appreciate our, our listeners, man. Thank you very much for being with us this long. We hope you enjoyed the newsroom. Let us know how you enjoyed that on social media, heavy whole podcast at gmail.com. Um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try to include that again and find some more stories. If you like that, man, we're going to come back with some more, we, you know, we got interviews. I got interviews for days, man, and more interviews coming down the pipe. Ian, thank you so much for joining me on this odyssey tonight and bringing your recommendation in. Thank you, Will, man. Best of luck on the road. I, I appreciate it, man. Um, and uh, that's, that's, when it comes to, uh, we got we got uh, three days to, to to get on the road, and when it comes to shows left to be booked, we got one. <laughs> oh, I think it's gonna be a day off, man. We'll see, man. I have my feet kicked up, drinking Pedialyte with a a, a heart monitor on because it's gonna be hot in Florida. Yeah. You All wish right. somebody somebody's calling somebody's calling. Let's make it happen. It's gonna be a hundred and one in uh, Farrah. It's gonna be a hundred. Holy shit! In Florida, hundred one, one, one. All right, man. <laughs>